Theater? Man, I don't have any glitter. I should have had some glitter. Oh, hello, everyone. Welcome. This is so exciting. Uh, yes. Chapter one, take two. Chapter one, take two. Two. Yeah. That's really nice singing. Yes. Yes. It's very sweet. Oh, thank uh, you, Ray. Uh, the lovely Mark Derbyshire, if, you, if anybody knows Mark Derbyshire, Woo. helped us with yeah. that. Woo. So, watch uh, out. Yeah. Welcome. This is our podcast, Chapter 1, Take 2. It's a book-to-movie review podcast, as the, the jingle just said. Um, we have been covering The Price of Salt and then added, adapted, adapted, adapted into Carol. And we've got the amazing Ray Shipley as guest on the show tonight. Hello. Woo! Oh, thank you. Yeah, we know that you're here cute. for you. We're not here for us. But that's all right. That's why we asked you. That's why you asked me. Yeah. And no, yes? No, I was just going to be like, how does this start? <laughs> um, but no, you got that, so you go. Yeah, I'll go. Yeah, we're going to start by... Um, his, I'll just make some noise, because for me, with a live audience, I want it to be like, yeah, you're here, so let's make some noise. So listen, make some noise if you listen to the podcast. <laughs> that's oh, amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Well, because that means you're potentially on new fans. At, at this point, like it is worth noting that because the microphones are here, like what that will have sounded like on the recording is uh, make some noise if you listen to the podcast, and then just deadly silent. <laughs> so, like if you are going to make some noise, I feel like you actually have to make like double oh, the noise that you usually would, uh, just to make that easier. Post production. Yeah. Is that an okay thing yeah, to say? Absolutely. I can add in post claps. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, it was really better. happening. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was there. Full crowd. Anyway, we normally start with Brie doing a lovely uh, summary, or no, sorry, 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 a reading of the book. So please take us away on your magical voice noises. <laughs> I, I do have magical voice noises <laughs> in lots of different contexts. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's uh, going there real early. Great. Uh, <laughs> well, it is a lesbian book. What? Is it? Shit, I think I'm in the wrong room. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> Therese's lips opened to speak, but her mind was too far away. Her mind was at a distant point, at a distant vortex that opened on the scene in the dimly lighted, terrifying room where the two of them seemed to stand in desperate combat. And at the point of the vortex where her mind was, she knew it was the hopelessness that terrified her and nothing else. It was the hopelessness of Mrs. Robichek's ailing body and her job at the store, of her stack of dresses in the trunk, of her ugliness. The hopelessness of which the end of her life was entirely composed. And the hopelessness of herself, of ever being the person she wanted to be and of doing the things that person would do. Had all her life been nothing but a dream? And was this real? It was the terror of this hopelessness that made her want to shed the dress and flee before it was too late, before the chains fell around her and locked. <sighs> Heavy. Why did they say lighted and not lit? I thought that when I read that, it irritated me. <laughs> so you noted it down. Yeah, I wrote it down. I literally wrote lighted, not lit. Because that's the kind of notes that I make. Uh, it might be a vernacular thing. Great. I mean, linguists in the audience want to take that? No, okay. No, okay, great. great. Uh, <laughs> awesome. Thank you for reading that bit, Brie. Why did you want to read uh, that piece? Um, there is this sense about Therese that is present in the book about her, like, wanting to fit in but not understanding what that means and what that looks like and... Um, I feel like we get this kind of like existential crisis yeah. uh, from her in the book that we just don't see in the movie, and that's partially because it's really hard to translate character thoughts yeah. onto screen. Yeah, it is. Um, but or that's one of my favorite things about her. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the book's written in her perspective, right? And you just don't get that in the film. Like, yeah. there's no, there's no indication of. That in fact, in she was nominated for awards as supporting actress. Oh, <laughs> <Aww. laughs> well, she didn't get the title role apparently. Um, has, okay, okay. We need to make some noise again. Make some noise if you have either read the book or watched the film. Whoa! Yes, thank you, Kieran. Uh, great. For those who haven't, you. Can you, Bree, please give a <laughs> summary? Okay, we open on you Therese. Can, you can do it! Of the, of the book or the film? The book. They're quite similar. Yeah, they are quite but similar. But also kind of different. Yeah. We're going to talk about it. Yeah. Oh, great. That's, yeah, cool. <laughs> cool. 
Uh, we open on Therese, and she has just got this job at this place called... Frankenberg. Frankenberg. Hey. And it is essentially Ballantines. Um, but <laughs> larger and more New York. Yeah. yeah. Or like Macy's, if yeah. you know, it's it's a it's a, it's a big department store, and she is young. She's like nineteen years old. She is nineteen years old. Um, she really is very stressed out about the monotony and boredom of a life at Frankenberg's and how everything is laid out. Like, if you work for the company this many years, you get these benefits. If you work another ten years, you get these benefits. You can retire here. And she's like, I don't want to do it's that. It's a very detailed summary. Yeah. <laughs> Well, okay, okay, and then... <laughs> and that was page one. <laughs> oh, can you tell okay. studying to be a teacher? Okay. Get out! Sorry, okay, so then she, she meets Carol at the department store and, like, you know, big tornado. She, her life is, like, changed. Not literally a tornado. No. Um, and then... <laughs> Sorry. All right, and do you want to give this summary? <laughs> Sorry, no, 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 no Carol. I make fun of you as you do it. Great. Um, and then... Uh, so she meets Carol, and she is immediately drawn to Carol, and she sends Carol a postcard, a uh, Christmas card, and just gives her employee number because she's scared. And in the movie, she actually sends, like, a package, and to Carol her yeah, has left her gloves. Yeah, but, like, she sends something to Carol, and that in- initiates their relationship. On the side, she's got a relationship with this guy named Richard who wants to marry her and feels, like, a lot of possession- possessiveness about her um, and their relationship. He's sure they're going to get married. And Carol's like, or, and Teresa's like... I don't know. Yeah, I know. I don't know. Um, and so she's kind of still seeing Richard, and Richard is fighting for her. And she starts seeing Carol, and their relationship is very vanilla. It's very platonic um, going forward. But there's a dynamic because Carol is like the age of her mother, a little bit younger. We were talking maybe. about this before. Is she's in her 40s, Ca- 50s. No, I thought no, uh, no, no, no. Way. Carol's 32. Is she? Yeah. I, I strongly believe. I strongly believe okay. that Carol yeah. As portrayed on the there's screen. Still a, there's still a weird old. age gap, but it's yeah. not as bad. Like, it's not... It's not 19 It's not 19 and 50. It's like 19 and, like... It is in... But, yeah, she's yeah. Like, like, because people, you know, got married. It's like, yeah, she's like 32. Yeah. Great. So, and we find babe. out that yeah, super babe. Richard wants to go, her to go on a trip to Europe, and she's like, I don't know about that. And at the same time, we find out that Carol um, is going through a messy divorce, uh, that there is a custody battle for her daughter named Rindy, and um, that she's kind of losing that custody battle, uh, and that it was caused because, well, it was caused because they weren't good together but one of the things that came out in the process of the divorce is that she had a relationship with her best friend Carol had a relationship with her best friend Abby and she's like a little bit of a gay um, <laughs> a little bit just a little just a little, little, yeah. little bit just like a dog enough to annoy Hag yeah enough yeah. who is very possessive mmm mm. naughty and um, also like marriage to it like I feel like it would I feel like it would annoy Hag if it was like anyone it doesn't like if it was a like man they, or they are woman. married. Oh, yeah. yeah, sure. Anyway. sure. Fair enough. Um, Good call. Sorry, I keep interrupting. No, that's why you're here. No. Um, and then Carol decides that she's going to take uh, Therese on a road trip because yeah. she feels like Therese is like bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, bushy-tailed and really young and naive, and she's going to like give her like a crash course in how to life. Um, and then they um, Hark sends a detective out after them and records a inappropriate scene that he should not have been privy to uh, of, of Carol and Therese's relationship. So Carol's forced to go home. She uh, essentially loses custody of Rindy, mm-hmm. um, but they are a lot, like, they give her the deal that if she agrees to never see Therese again, then um, she can see Rindy a couple of weeks of the year. And then Carol... Therese gets left behind, and then she kind of makes her way back to New York, and through that, she's a metamorphosis. She grows up a lot. She realizes that the relationship between her and Carol is, like, really... It's a poor power dynamic, and she has the right to tell Carol no. Um, And she grows up a lot, and then um, they meet again, and Carol has decided that she's going to (laughs) just see Therese, and (laughs) she's going to let her daughter go. And um, she asks Therese to move in with her, and Therese says no, but then comes back like an yeah, hour later and says alert. yes. It's funny. <laughs> and that's the end. Yay! Good job, Bray. Good job. Um, it is actually quite interesting because it's described as quite a happy 
like, it is the happy book. It it is because it has that happy ending, but it's also. But it was not. happy for the time because at that time, books about lesbians ended up with lesbians dead yeah. um, in or, the same asylum or converted back to being straight with with the right guy. Yeah. Did you find it happy? I found it hope, hope hopeful. Hopeful, mm. sure. But I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot going on in the dynamic, which is like strange and uncomfortable but I get why I get why it was considered like the first lesbian novel with a happy ending because it's definitely not what happens to <laughs> lesbians in film and movies even now so like at yes. least at <laughs> least there was that yeah yes. yeah but like but I yeah there's there's lots of things like that are just like very odd decisions on everyone's parts mm. I think because like, even Portrait of a Lady on Fire which is a recent film is still incredibly sad because they're separated at the end I didn't see that. What? But that sounds very sad. Oh, yeah, Oh, but it's right. so good. Has anybody seen Portrait yes. of a Lady on Fire? It's so good. Guys, it is, mm, it's, it's tasty. everything. Yeah, yeah, eat that up. Uh, I'll do some Maddie facts. It's the thing in the podcast. Do you understand what the movie's about now, Amy? Yes, I can, I can see you right there, so I can talk to you. Uh, great. So, The Price of Salt. Who knows when it was written? Any guesses? Oh, just while we're bringing that up. So it was originally published on the title The Price of Salt. And under a different author. And yes! under a different author. That's Patricia Heiser. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, okay. Had already like, written like a psychological thriller. She was yes. like, fairly well known for that. Strangers on a Train. Um, yeah, yeah. And then went and wrote uh, Talented Mr. Ripley. Mm-hmm. And um, and so she published this under, like, the her publisher wouldn't publish it. She had to go to a different publisher and she pu- published it under a pseudonym. Do you? Yeah. Okay. Claire. Okay, Ray. Claire somebody. Oh, Claire Morgan. Oh, very good. Claire Morgan. Facts, facts, facts. I love facts. I don't know why. I don't know why. Um, because they're interesting to me. Anyway, tell well, me more facts. I will. Um, it, what do you do? You know what it has on like IMDb or Rotten Tomatoes? No. <laughs> no. Oh, it, it was highly. Everyone loved it. Well, not, everyone, not not everyone. Apparently. Well, all the critics loved it. Okay. All the, all the critics. Uh, 7.2 on IMDb. 74% on Rotten Tomatoes. So around Ooh. that. That's good. That's like. That's good. I, that's that's like how like if I was looking at the like trying to decide what to watch, mm. I would always like if it's seven or above, I'm like, oh yeah. Yeah. Great, great, cool. Price of Salt, 1952, published under Claire Morgan, correct? Uh, and Carol was later made in 2015. Quite a big gap. And there. it was, but it was republished. The book was republished as as Carol in '89. Yeah, with good. under her uh, under Patricia Highsmith's name and because like by that time years. she had like like was more publicly out. Although she was never particularly pl- publicly closeted, which is quite bold for the time. Yeah, mm. like that's amazing. Yeah, she did over twenty two novels and numerous short stories. Over twenty two novels aren't that hard to count. I wonder how they. I'd <laughs> <laughs> like I'm curious as like. So she did 23. She did 22 and a half novels. <laughs> Sorry, that, was, that wasn't a critique of you. No, that was just a critique so of funny. the facts. I don't even, like, yeah, I would have written it as it said, and it didn't even occur to me. It's like, oh, was there 23? Okay, yeah. That's so true. That's so true. I love that. Budget uh, for the film was $11.8 million. It, mm, indeed. Uh, gross cumulatively worldwide. That's what it always says, cumulatively. And I don't know why yeah. it doesn't say accumulatively. Why would it say accumulatively? I, I don't know the difference. Let's stop saying that word. Great. Uh, 40 million worldwide. So it was, a, like you said, a success. Do you have a fact there about where it was filmed? Because you'd, ge- you'd guess New York, wouldn't you? Because it's not. Where was it filmed, Ray? What? Where was it filmed? It was filmed in Cincinnati. Yeah. What? I don't, I don't know, know why I know that. No, I do know why I know that. I know that because uh, I, uh, for, for a series of unfortunate events, uh, I had to do some extra research because I was worried I wouldn't get through the book in time. Uh, and uh, I watched I watched a series on YouTube, which is just called, like I think it's called, like, Drunk Lesbians Watch Films or something. Oh, yes, oh, I man, it's, it's very endearing. <laughs> it's very endearing. I think you should give it a go. Like, they just watch it, and they just get slowly drunken. And it's quite nice. Like, it's just quite warm. Yeah. So the end of every film would often be quite interesting because they're always drunk yes, by the end. Yes, because they're always quite... But they shorten it. Like, you don't yeah. watch them watch the whole <laughs> no, film. No, yeah. You yeah. just watch them yeah. in short bursts yeah. getting quite drunk. Uh, yeah. And they did one about this. And one of them said, it's filmed in Cincinnati. And I took that as a fact. But they could have made that up. No, no, it is but filmed what? in Cincinnati. Oh, oh look, you, okay. Yeah. Great, confirmed. Facts. 
<laughs> it was filmed in Cincinnati because the director felt that Cincinnati actually lended itself better in terms of architecture to the 1950s era that they were trying to capture. Wow. Beautiful. Amazing. The knowledge. I love it so much. Um, I, at the beginning, I noticed that it came up that it was the Weinstein Company. Ugh, I know! <laughs> that made me... The, yeah, and it made me so yeah. uncomfortable that I was like, Ugh, who was involved? And then I, you know, I saw that Todd Haynes directed it, and then I, oh. I was like, he's a gay man, it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. And Todd Haynes, so when I was, uh, like, 17, there's a film... Ah, <laughs> uh, 17. Uh, when I was a 17-year-old, uh, there was a film called I'm Not There that came out, which is directed by Tom, mm-hmm. Todd Haynes, and it is a, a like a epic, like two and a half hour long sort sort of ish biography film about Bob Dylan. Except mm. it's weird. Like there, is, <laughs> like it's so good. It's so good. Oh, mm, but like six people play Bob Dylan. Bob like characters that are based on Bob Dylan. But like one of them. Um, is like the kind of like what everyone thinks of when they think of Bob Dylan. And it's played, like, he's played by Kate Blanchett, um, mm. who is like doing this gender bending fuckery, and it is so good. And me, as a 17 year old, like, baby femme who didn't know that I was like a gay or this or anything, was just like, why am I so into this? I don't know, I don't know what that's about. I don't, why am I, what is it, what is it that captures me about this? Oh, I just, I've got no idea. And then I stayed in the closet for another five years. As you do. Yeah. Anyway, and that's why I love Todd Haynes. Amazing. Full I, stop. Yeah. No, that should be why I love Kate Blanchett, but it's... Uh, but it's Todd Haynes. Yeah, that is great. Uh, starring Kate, Kate Blanchett as Carol. Uh, lovely. Ruth. Sorry, I feel like I'm derailing this a no, lot. No, personally, right. I'm so sorry. You're the, you're the spice. Yeah, you're the spice. Uh, spice. The annoying spice. No! You're the only well, one saying you're annoying. Okay. I think it's great. Thank you. Good. The title, the... Um, the Price of Salt refers to a Bible passage, Matthew uh, 3.15, in case you want to look it up, <laughs> about salt and how you can have a spicy life, but it's going to come at a cost. Ooh, I'll pay that cost. Thank you, sir. <laughs> uh, yes. Wait, does that refer to salt as a spice? Yeah. <laughs> That's sad, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, back then, it was. They weren't passing around like saffron or anything, were they? I think they were. Yeah. Yeah, all right, sorry, my bad. I apologise. I don't know. Uh, I didn't research that because yeah. it wasn't in the book. <laughs> <laughs> okay. ah, lovely. Uh, Therese Bellavit was, not Teresa, as Carol Lovely says. Therese oh, in that Bellavit, voice. In that voice. <laughs> lovely. Uh, we should be, not that I encourage that, but it would be funny if we were smoking. Uh, Rooney Mara. So, fun fact, <laughs> another one is that... Um, Patricia Highsmith's full name is Patricia Rooney Mara. Highsmith. No. Yes. That's made up. I mean, according to IMDb trivia. No, no, no. That's... Surely that's invented. Really? I, I, I mean, it's... Anybody can comment on it. I've seen, There is some fun IMDb trivia Yeah, out you there. love the trivia. You love I the do. trivia. I even forgot... I wrote on here... <laughs> Ray's still looking at me. I'm so... I just... I can't imagine that that's a fact. But okay. 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 I wrote uh, Kate Blanchett because I was writing down who I, like, remembered them as, like, from. And I wrote Lord of the Rings because she was so scary in that film. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. She's, like, an intense woman. Yeah. She's yeah. very powerful. I love it. Uh, Rooney Mara, the social network, and she, well, she also uh, did The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo? Yeah. Yeah. And I thought we were still talking about Kate Blanchett. <laughs> different right, okay. different yes. people. Yeah. 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 Hag, uh, played by Kyle Chandler. Abby Gurhand, played by Sarah. Sarah Paulson! Yeah! Because they job. had to hire some queers for the film, you know? Like, you can't make a lesbian yeah. film and then not put any actual lesbians in it. And they cast the two main characters and were like, oh no, we've cast straight people. <laughs> Let's fill the back. Stay, the, the, you know, the other ones. Yeah, and they did. And they did. And then Richard Simcoe is Jack Lacey. Can we talk about that? Yes, uh, we can. can. Someone you've not mentioned who's in it is Carrie, Carrie Brownstein? Yes. Carrie, I can't say her last name. Okay. But she is 
incredible very very cool and she's right at the end because in in both the film and the book Therese has this like uh, she she sort of separates herself uh, from Carol yes and it's all but then she's like oh but maybe I can explore being a lesbian anyway mm-hmm. like maybe that is maybe it's not just Carol maybe this is me uh, this is my life now hooray and she meets this character who I can't remember the name of but in the film is played by Carrie Brownstein who it was in a band called Sleater Kinney which is a real cool punk band that you should all listen to I don't think it's punk I don't think punk exists anymore what is it what was the thing after punk no you were asking them I don't know anyway, she's the coolest Everyone just listen to anyway, but she yeah. is very very cool and she has a very cool biography which was a great read called Hunger Makes Me a Modern Girl and in the film, she has like this beautiful second where you're like, I want to know so much about this character and yes, where this in goes. The kitchen. In the kitchen, yeah, through a shot. window, because the whole fucking film is through a window. I was like, oh, this is a cat window. Oh, this is another one. Oh, how many windows can we film it through? Shop windows. Oh, house windows. Let's oh, put some oh, rain on this window. Oh, oh, why don't we film it this way and then off this other window? Oh, fuck. Just, oh, anyway. But through a window, through a window in a kitchen, she has this conversation with this cool lesbian played by an actual cool lesbian. Oh, it's beautiful. Oh, cool. But they filmed like three other scenes with them and then just cut them. Oh. I know. I was, but it was quite a long film, so we won't blame them for that. Yeah, it was nearly two yeah. hours. I Let's talk about that because I really... Well, before we like well, get into it, we need to rate it. We need to rate it. We need the to film rate it. or the book? The film as an adaptation of the book. Yeah, oh, okay. as an adaptation. Out of ten. Ten being good, one being... Ugh. Like we did, what's been our worst? What's 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 a bad name one? Go. Na- na- name a bad adaptation. Oh, Ellen Chanted. Um. Oh yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> I would say <laughs> thank you, dear. Good. I love you. Ellen Chanted is one of the rare ones where the film adaptation is terrible. As a, but, but it's a great the film as, as well. So it's weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's different. That's not a game. It doesn't happen a lot. That's not part of Pride. I would say. Oh wait, um, yes. also Artemis Fowl, garbage. Oh, horrible. <laughs> so garbage. So do, do you <laughs> know, really when I was seven, Dr. Doolittle, all I also garbage. was to be famous <coughs> in time for them to turn Artemis Fowl into a film and hire me as either Artemis Fowl or Holly, the little fairy. Yes. <laughs> like, and I was like, I've just got to become a famous actor before they decide to turn this book into a film. And... You know, it didn't happen for me. Well, aren't you glad though that yeah, you weren't I know, part that of that? I wasn't part of that garbage film. Yeah, um, that was. I would rank it a seven for its adaptation. I was feeling seven. I've been in my body. I was like, mmm, six to seven, tasty. That's what I think. When I first saw the film, I was like, oh, this is actually quite a good adaptation. And I think on paper, <sighs> five. Five. <laughs> Controversy. Now justify it. Yeah, justify it. Well, okay. Um, if any of you guys listen to the podcast, I'm always like... We know that they don't. Yeah, we had <laughs> we one know that solitary too. whoop. Whoop! Um, okay, so for the one regular listener, and all people <laughs> who will eventually be listening to this who are regular listeners, um, I'm very much like, did you capture the heart of the book? And I would argue that they captured a heart of the book, but maybe not the one that I wanted them to capture. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. I was just going to say, I was going to say a joke question, which was how many hearts of the book were there? But that was a rude question. What I mean was, like, what part did you think they captured yes. and what part did you think yes. they let down? I, I felt like the book was a lot more about, I, I, about Therese's journey, and it was mm. very much a coming-of-age book, um, and it was a coming-of-age lesbian book, mm. and... Um, and I don't feel like you get that sense as much. You don't. There's a power dynamic. When I was reading this, I was like, "Ooh, their relationship's a little bit toxic." Carol mm. like forces her to buy things for mm. people and like be a nicer person than she is, um, in the book. And I'm not here for it. And I and I was like, "Ooh, Carol cuts her off a lot, puts her down a lot, like calls her um, calls." In the book, she's a a stage designer. Sorry, yes, not, a, not a photographer. In the book, she's a stage designer, not a photographer, and there's a reason for that. Um, and they change that, and we'll get to that. Um, <laughs> arbitrary changes, fuck, why? Um, it, it, yeah. you, you, don't, you don't get the sense as much, I feel like, in the book that Therese, or in the film, that Therese is like on the outside, trying to like figure out how to exist in the world, and she's, she's obsessed with things that are like recreations of, of the real world. Like she 
does set designs because she likes being able to put things together and understand why they go the place they were. She likes the model train. She likes the dolls. She likes, there's like model villages that she talks about. There's a lot of depth going into small versions of real life. Mm. Um, because she, like in the passage, she feels like she doesn't know what's real and she doesn't know if she's real or if, if this is what real life is supposed to look like or where she fits into it. And I don't feel like you get that sense as much in the film. And I yeah. feel like you get a lot of Carol's story and what's going on with Rindy and what's going on with her and Harg, which isn't really in the book as much. Mm, no. But it's interesting that the book, when the book was republished, it got this name Carol. Like, yeah. that didn't go with the film. That, go, that, that came with the book itself. So that implies to me that there's, like, more, like, the book... At it, Carol is at the center of the book, even though it's from Teresa's perspective. Mm. And like, and I agree. I agree that the adaptation did not do Teresa any favors. Like, I my my very few notes I wrote. Uh, film. I'll read. I have to read it word for word. Yeah. Film Teresa is such a wet blanket. Uh. <laughs> And then, and then underneath. But then, is book Therese kind of a crazy bitch? Question mark. And I just like I, I don't think that yeah, the film didn't capture the depth of that character. But I don't think that it let down the film as an adaptation overall because I think the adapt like enough to rank it lower than seven because like mm. because to me it did still capture like so much of the the mood and the fear and the how how like tenuous a, a happy ending for for characters who are lesbians in the 1950s like I, I feel like it captured that like sort of tension and, and oddness and and unease really yeah. well yeah I definitely agree that Carol mm-hmm. in the book is much harsher to Therese and I, I, I but I feel like that you know it's kind of a thing with film where we don't just want to watch Kate Blanchett be mean to uh, Therese for an hour before she kind of breaks down her walls and stuff. Um, I would I would watch Kate Blanchett be mean to watch cinema. <laughs> um, I'm just I would, the I would just watch Kate Blanchett be mean directly at the viewer with no like no middle no middleman, just mean to me. Yeah. Uh, I would watch that. Sorry. Let <laughs> 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 a little more away about myself than um, I thought I would. We want to hear about it. Sorry. And, Let's move on. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. Okay, great. So what are some of the other changes uh, that well, we, we see? Yeah. As you were talking about, Therese in the book is a stage designer. And then for some reason, I don't know, you guys might know, all, not all, a lot of lesbians are transformed. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> oh, well, this is, this is actually relevant because well, yeah, the last book we covered is disobedience. Um, oh, interesting. Yes. A lot of the lesbians that are adapted into the film... By a lot, she means two. She's saying two is two a pattern. Two is a pattern in my life. This is, um, this is a thing. Anybody who knows Maddie knows that Maddie's like, two is a pattern. Yeah. Well, if it happens more than once, it's a pattern. <laughs> anyway, the photographers, is what I'm trying to say, is the photographers. Um, Instead of what their career is in the book, which is not a photographer. Yeah, because Rachel Weiss in Disobedience, which is a book we read before this, she is like a stockbroker or something. Corporate analyst. Yeah. And then in the film, she's a photographer. And I'm like... What's all the obsession? Like, is it something to do with lesbians gazing at other lesbians? Or, like... Is, is there a stereotype that yeah. we don't know about lesbians being photographers? I, I mean, I, I like photography, but... I don't know. Is that a thing? I don't think that's a thing. But it happened twice. I think it's. I think it's just useful on camera. Like it's useful for someone to be a photographer on camera because you like it's budget cuts, right? Like if they. If she was a set designer, mm. they would have had to film in theatres and have, like, a whole lot more going on. Mm. But if she's interested in photography, she just has to carry a camera, camera around. Yes. But she doesn't get a job in the film as a photographer, really, until the end, and they never show her doing the job. No, yeah. but she's trying to get the job. They do yeah. show her trying to get the job. She's so surrounded all... by men in that office with a clipboard. Yeah, what does she do? <laughs> like, just taking notes. But she's taking notes, but then she can just leave when she gets a letter. So she's yeah. like, she's yeah. taking notes of what they're saying. Um, Things and, that I think But, about. like, they could have filmed her, like, did, like, meticulously going through making cardboard seats and going like, ooh, I'm going to move this little dolly over here, mm. and that's what life looks but like. But why I wanted her to be a stage designer was because at the end, like you were talking about when she meets the other lesbian, and she's like, ooh, am I just a lesbian in general, or was it Carol specifically? It's who she meets is an actress, and there's this whole party about the show and stuff, mm. and then they're like, oh, you can come upstairs if you want, and then she actually, she's like, I think I just like Carol, or loves Carol. 
And so she's like, oh, and that's why she goes back at the end to be to just stare at Carol. Yeah. Oh, so you're saying that it's like she could have been bisexual? No, no, no. No, but she, okay. She was a lesbian. But just, just, she wasn't even a lesbian. She's just a Carol. She's just a no, Carol. No, I don't think that. Okay. I think, like, I think that she, like, would I? I don't know. Uh, yeah, but I don't think that it was only Carol that she was like. Yeah, I agree. Anyway, um, I yeah. The other thing, like, Therese is way more obsessed in the book. Yeah, than she is mm. she's the, super obsessed. In the film, their relationship feels a little like it, it's kind of fairly evenly matched yeah, in mutual. terms of their like mutual interest in each other and the intensity of that feeling. And in the book. Therese is like, I love this woman so much that I want to die with her in this tunnel and then they'll pull out our bodies. That's an actual quote. It's not quite an actual quote, but it's paraphrased. Um, and like, and just like obsessed. And Carol is very, as we said, like quite mean and offhand to her for a while. Yeah. And like, uh, yeah, but, and, and I think that that was like a change that I liked in the film mm-hmm. that slightly like modernized it or made their relationship feel a little safer than it did in the book. Where I was like, this is a weird power dynamic where I think someone is taking advantage of a much younger woman. And, it is. And, and, and I thought that was so interesting because we criticise yeah. that a lot today when it happens between men and women. For sure. And, and in the book, it felt like it was a, there was more of an even kind of match yeah. in terms of like their intelligence and personalities and all of that and like maturity etc etc that made that age difference feel a little like safer and okay because mm-hmm. I'm like not opposed to an age difference I am opposed to a power imbalance yeah, right? yeah, power and in the book dynamic. there's like a huge power imbalance and it, yeah and I kind of liked that change in the film mm. I, have, I have a question for the audience is anybody in the audience familiar with the play A Doll's House yeah. okay great so I have this theory that this is like the lesbian a doll's house because Therese is this person who doesn't know who she is and how she fits into the world and she's obsessed with dolls and she's obsessed with miniature things and then Carol comes along and she's just like, oh, I have a place. But Carol treats her very much like she's a plaything. She like she's very she gives a lot of direct commands like they're in the shop on the at the at the beginning of their trip um, at a at a butcher and. Therese is kind of like toying, to- toying with the idea of sending Mrs. Robichek from earlier in the book um, up some meat. Yeah. And then she's like, I actually don't really want to do that. <laughs> and then Carol, and Carol's like, what's wrong? And Therese is like, oh, nothing. And Carol's like, no, tell me. And then Therese is like, oh, I was just thinking about doing this. And she's like, well, go do it. Go on, now. And Carol, and Therese is like, no, I don't. And Carol's like, no, go do it. I'm your mother. But she, she doesn't say that, but that's the vibe. It's very like, I'm in charge. And then at the end of the... <laughs> In the book, she, like, Carol leaves her, and she's like, I have to be a human without anyone controlling me. And she steps into that role, and that's why it's a coming-of-age story in the book, and that's not something we get in the film, which is why the adaptation is shit. No, it's not shit. It's just mediocre. You, have, you look like you have things oh, to no, say, Oh, no, I was right. just going to bring up my, my... And that's drunk, like a doll's house. My drunk lesbians watching films. Thing. Okay, yeah. Because another thing they commented on was that... And I couldn't get it out of my head. It was just like one line, but I was like, oh no, I didn't want to notice that, and now I've noticed it. Because in the film, uh, Therese and Rindy, which is Carol's daughter, have the same haircut. Oh, yeah. And there's a couple of other, like, weird, like, similarities in the way that Carol talks to both of them. And, and, and the, the drug lesbians on, the, on, on YouTube mentioned that, and now I'm like, I see it everywhere. <laughs> Whereas I wouldn't have noticed it had I not watched those charming lesbians getting drunk on the internet. Yeah. So can I ask you, did you prefer the book or the film? Well, I've got a... Mm, te- no, tell us. Oh, yeah. Well, secretly, I didn't... I read... Most of the book. Most. So, but, right. I know, it's Don't terrible. It. But, like, I do work as a librarian, and a librarian's main job is to pretend that you know, a, like, you've read books that you've just, that you've just read reviews what of. Do you, what uh, do you think of this book? Oh, yeah, I love that yeah, book. I love that book. Which is how I can, like, how I can tell many people all of the books that they would like without having read many of them at all. Um, it's a very special skill that I've worked for years to get. Um, I, I did really like, the, I, I, but I, like, I read a lot of the book, and I really enjoyed it but I loved the film like the film was just beautiful and I think that's like uh, like regardless of my complicated feelings around like uh, 
the the relationship uh, like it was just like very nice to watch. It's mm. just like stunning. even through the windows. All the, very I mean, that, the windows. No, I just I, like it, it, it's just interesting. In the fifties, they had to be very careful. Even the even the saucy stuff, very careful. Yeah. Um, but because there there's was, no sex scene in the book. Yeah. Like arguably. Oh, the film. <laughs> there was in the film. That's one of the differences. And do you, I? I mean, I thought. We can talk about that. Let's talk about it. Oh, dear. <laughs> what do you think about that? Because I think, you know, there's been a lot of... I liked it. <laughs> but I thought it was done well. Like, I... Not that I'm just... Like, I... To, let's get personal, shall we? I've never, like, Googled porn. But, like, I've seen... Don't. <laughs> got to be more specific. Sorry. I wouldn't know. But I've seen... <laughs> I've seen uh, both... Heteronormative and lesbian. <laughs> we don't need to go into this. Oh my god! But uh, I thought it was like done quite well. Like going back to disobedience. There's a sex scene in that that I was like, Ugh. like it was so gross. Has anybody seen disobedience? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it is. It is. It's a. It's a thing. It's very it's a sexy. Yeah. But this was. I felt like. And I. I wonder if it was because it was directed by a gay man. Like I don't felt. Like, I don't feel like it was. Uh, too crass or too, you know, it, it still felt very intimate to me. Like it felt very well handled. Well, okay, yeah, it, it, it is well handled. Like, I mean, we look at things like Blue is the Warmest Color and Portrait of Lady on Fire and um, Disobedience and Ammonite, which just came out in this film, and we look at the sex scenes, and it, 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 there is a difference between the ones that are directed by a man and the ones that are directed by a woman. And here we have this gay man director, and it's like, it's where do they fit into the spectrum? Mm. <laughs> um, in terms of like, <laughs> Does a gay man have more female gays or more male gays? If we upset you, then no, I'm never upset. <laughs> <laughs> Ever. But what do you think? I just don't think about it that much. Oh. <laughs> Awkwardly, I had to pause the film at that moment because something was happening. Something happened. Right. Oh, my partner came home. And I was like, <laughs> Hello. Uh, I'm not watching anything. It's just like watching it. Um, but like, it's, it's fine. It was just sexy. Yeah. Like I thought it was fine. It was yeah. middling. Like it wasn't. It was. It wasn't particularly horny. But the whole film wasn't. It was a very slow burn. And so it would have been a real weird like shift if suddenly we had got like a super. Like it had to be tasteful. Yeah. Because the whole film was like the slowest, slowest burn. And then it was like, oh, should we move in together? Yes. Which is the, you know the lesbian experience. Yeah, I was just thinking about that. <laughs> we got engaged after three months. Yeah, but I, I knew I was proposing I go buy the ring after three weeks. <laughs> oh. <laughs> right. Uh, what's what's the next question? Here? Are we judging it on, as a film by itself? Um, <laughs> I, I'm not done with the sex scene yet. Oh, no! <laughs> I, I, re- I know this wouldn't have fit in the film, but I just really want to see a sex scene. <laughs> I just want to see. <laughs> I just really want to see. Where is this going? <laughs> what do you want to see, Okay. Bro? I just really want to see a sex scene between like two women who are like, oh. I'm with you so far. <laughs> <laughs> like, should we have sex tonight? We have to get up early in the morning. Oh, but we haven't had it in a while. Like, oh yeah, okay, we'll do it. You're on my hair. Uh, oh, I'm feeling a little gassy. Like, I want, I want. But it was their first time. Yeah, exactly. They're not going to start bringing that stuff up until the second one. Okay, but my first time having sex was not like, Everything. It was like, but am I doing they, this right? But these are adult women. Yeah, I'm I was saying you are. I know. I mean, this seems you're probably but, a younger teenager. I just, I like again. It wouldn't have fit the mood of the film. No, yeah. no. And, and, and I think Bree is just saying in general, in general this is what this she is wants. This is what I want. Right. Okay. Because all but the lesbian sex scenes are real life. This is the greatest thing I've ever experienced. And you know, there's a learning curve in new relationships, whether they're heterosexual or homosexual. Yeah, I was surprised that they were having such good sex when it was like. I mean, they probably haven't had a lot of porn or even like sex education to go off of. Yeah. But But Carol had already slept with Abby. Right, so Carol does have some experience. Yeah. And Carol had slept with more people than just Abby. I would guess it again. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Mm. But Hard only knew about just it. Just working around the that yeah. many yeah. housewives of her circle. Of what? New, didn't they live in New Jersey? I don't know. <laughs> New Jersey in the 1950s. I feel like New Jersey is where the lesbians would be. Mm. Right, let's move on from the sex scene. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. 
Uh, <laughs> Assist. <laughs> Great. Um, are there any other differences we want to talk about? Nope. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so, no, I'm just kidding. It's a whole podcast. No, I know, but there's another question. I just know that there's another question, and I'm interested. Well, this, these, these are just my notes. And oh, okay. Just, like, are there any other differences that I would like to talk yeah. about? Yeah. Let me um, consult my notes. Like, I've talked about that. Look, sex scene. Last quarter of the book is the best, produced by the Weinstein Company. There are 22 novels. Over 22 novels. Over. I do actually have one more thing that I would like to bring up, is that <laughs> Patricia Highsmith wrote psychological thrillers, right? Yes. And there is like a very short section of the book in which it feels like it's going in that direction, where suddenly they're being stalked by, mm, by yeah, the, the detective, detective yes. and suddenly there's a gun involved, and it's all very like, it's mm. like, oh no, shit's going to go down. Someone's mm. going gonna to murder someone. It's going in a very different direction to the lesbian happy ending I was promised. And it's quite <laughs> intense, but it lasts for such a, it's quite a mood shift and I feel like I, I, I'm interested in what process was going on there because like if that's what she's like used to writing and then also if you like visit it revisit the like if you visit the book knowing Patricia Highsmith as a different uh, as a writer of psychological thrillers mm. you spend lots of the book almost until the last two pages being like someone is going to die <laughs> there is there is a horrible twist on the way I don't like there's just it's just a mood and then in the movie what happens is the most embarrassing bit of the movie I think where, where Carol pulls out a gun and everyone's like oh my gosh she's got a gun and then fires it and it just doesn't <laughs> fire yes! and, it just, and she does it like three times like bang 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 and, and then nothing, she throws nothing. The gun. and then she just throws it and Therese goes back and grabs it and then puts it in the bin and then just puts the gun in the bin yeah and it's like why bring up a gun if it's that ineffective <laughs> and earlier it's as like well, Chekhov's gun didn't go off because exactly because Therese finds it and she asks Carol, she's like, do you feel unsafe? Would you tell me? And Carol's like, you ask funny questions. And Teresa doesn't say anything further. She doesn't say, oh, like, oh, no, I saw a gun. Because no one ever explains why they feel anything that they feel or say anything. They're just like, everyone is talking in a riddle the whole time. But then obviously later on, Carol, you know, finds out about the detective and gets the gun. In the film, um, Danny's character, who wants to be a scriptwriter, also Danny's character is a physicist in the book. Fun fact, and he relates relationships to atoms that need more electrons from other atoms, and so that's why they cling together. It's because you need something from another person. It's real cute. Um, <coughs> but on the movie. But on the movie, um, Danny's like watching the film and uh, watching a film, and he's like, I like to look at what the characters say out loud, and then what it actually means about how they feel about each other. And that's supposed to be like a, like a he's, you know, he's saying that, and that's what. Carol, what we're supposed to do with Carol and Tourette's because they never say how they feel, mm. but we clean it. Oh, this is something. I, this is something that's interesting. In the book, <laughs> in the book, Therese says "I love you," and Carol says "Don't you know that I love you?" Um, and that's what like starts the questionably. It could be a sex scene. Also, could just be like some really nice snuggling. Um, snuggling. To, you know, however you're feeling that night. If you're feeling a little sexy, maybe it's a sex scene. If you're feeling a little like romantic, maybe it's a snuggly scene. Um, in the film. Carol says I love you, and Therese says nothing because then a guy comes and interrupts the conversation. Um, yes. And so that, you know, what do you think about that? What do you think about the fact they cut Therese being the one that says I love you? I guess it goes back to what you were saying about how Therese is way more obsessed in the book. Mm, the yeah. power dynamic. I've got myself confused. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> in both, I feel like it invoked the same feeling in the viewer slash reader of like, oh, we don't know where that's going now. And like up until like the very, very end, it does really feel like it's not, go like Therese has made the decision to not go back to Carol. Like, mm. and in both, they capture that quite well of like, we really see like Therese. And so I don't think it, it to me it didn't matter so much who said what when because both had this like intense feeling of like she could she has these two options and she works out kind of at the same time as the audience does which one is the right one and which one will make her feel good mm. Mm. yes do you think that uh, in either the book or the movie and it could be a different answer do you think that Therese is right to go back to Carol or do you think that she'd be better off without her that's so complicated <laughs> that's complicated by the like the the era in which 
like the the generation in which the book and the film was trying to like the book yes. was written in and the film was trying to capture it's complicated by like the the like power like the relationship dynamics that existed at that time and what we like what Therese as like a woman who was raised in like the 40s and 50s what expectations she would have had for like what her life was going to be like yeah that's a real complicated question if you could transplant the relationship into today's no then Therese needs to fucking go like fuck no she needs to get out she needs to go, like, do some dancing somewhere cool and, like... Just because of the live, age thing? ...live a bit of her life, you know? She's 19. And, yeah, that's just because of the age thing. I don't think that any 19-year-old should be moving in. So, so like, well, I don't <laughs> think... As this a, is how I in, my, in my wise age of 30, I do not... <laughs> given what I know now... Uh, no, but, I, like, genuinely, there is no 19-year-old... If a 19-year-old came and w- to me and was like, I'm considering moving in with this woman who I have had like a three-month weird relationship with where we went on a strange road trip with no end well. uh, and, and, and chased a man around with a gun that, we, that didn't work. Uh, uh, and now I'm thinking of moving in with her and starting my life with her. What I would that? be like, have you considered an OE? Um, <laughs> but given... Given the time. <laughs> well, how do you feel about mine and Maddie's relationship then? Well, I, don't, I don't know the details yeah. of that. <laughs> Let's just let so you know, the but film was started in Christmas 1952 and ends in April 1953. That's my last fact. Yeah, three months. Yeah. What? Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's what I said. I know. To me, it seemed longer because of the dates. I was wrong. <laughs> yeah, it's a whole year. Right, I get it. Um... Yeah, no, so like, so like, in that in that context, I think Therese probably did the right thing. I think she did the right thing by going back to by going to Carol. Because However, if because because of because of the time, but because of a whole lot of other things at play as well. Yes, but if it was like right now, and Therese was like a real life person that came to me for advice, I would be like, no, ah, see how you feel, like, and, and yeah. Okay, there's yeah. one last difference I want to bring up. It's, it's a real, it, I mean, it's arguably a small one, but arguably, maybe not. In the film, uh, Therese, uh, Carol goes through, um, she chooses to undergo, chooses, um, she chooses to under, she's coerced into undergoing uh, conversion therapy for a wee while uh, with a psychotherapist. And in the film, and the book, she doesn't do that. She just gets sick, but it's, it's definitely very much a hospital. Yeah. But do you know what's interesting, though, is that Patricia Highsmith did did go, go and undergo compression therapy yeah so maybe the that's reason, why they added that the reason that. she got the job because patricia highsmith like the character therese went and got a job in a department store over christmas had yeah. a horrible time hated it and also conveniently got chicken pox and which as an adult is like a horrible horrible thing and had to like go home and she'd say she said about this book more recently that like um the the fever that she got from the chicken pox was when she wrote most of the book, like most of the storyline of the book, which That's is fun. very cool. Everyone get chicken pox, you'll write, write a great novel. You'll write a great novel. Um, <laughs> Maybe more, but we However, know. the reason she got the job was apparently to uh, like help get some more funds on board so that she could be seeing a psychotherapist in order to try and get rid of her homosexuality, apparently. Oh. I haven't done super super research into that, but apparently, like from what I've read, that is like a thing which like devastates me. You know, yeah. like yeah. it's devastating. And and she she is a fascinating character, like person, because she was fairly public, like as in she was never super closeted. She was like fairly open about the fact that she like had relationships with and slept with women, um, mm. since like for a long time. Um, but um, she was also fairly outspoken about uh, how... I wrote down a specific quote because I found it very interesting. Um, I'm sorry. This relates to your question in a bit. Again, she, um, Someone described her as a lesbian with a misogynist streak, and then she was quoted as saying, I like most men better than I like women, but not in bed. And I find that like that really fascinating in terms of the time that she 
grew up in, I'm getting all tearful. Uh, and like, and the, uh, the like, there's so there's so much there's so much going on. And we, wh- what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> the question was about. The, d- the fact that the, the, um, oh, the yeah, vision yeah. was in the film yeah, yeah. and not in the And book. I think that maybe it was in the film because the person who wrote the film knew yeah. a lot yeah. of who Patricia Highsmith Because I knew that it was. And maybe wanted to include some of that yeah. as part of like the experience of being a lesbian in the 50s, maybe. Mm. Whereas maybe potentially Patricia Highsmith didn't put it in the book because it was too war. Yeah, yeah. too close. Yeah. Well, that's such. That's what a what a yeah. I'm Sorry. Wow. Bring it way down. Is everyone okay? Yeah. All right. Good. Good. Yes. I'm all right. Um. Okay. Great. So, <coughs> how would you rate? <laughs> how would you rate the film as a film on its own? Like, if the book had never existed and you had just seen the film in it of itself. Oh, like a nine. Wow. Oh, wow! Yeah, it's beautiful. It's stunning. It's gorgeous. It's nice to look at. All those windows. It's like, <laughs> it's just. Mm, and Kate so Blanchett can do no wrong. And she, the scene it's at the end is like, gorgeous. It's so intense and it's so like it's just lovely. It's a lovely, lovely film. Yes, one of my favorite scenes is just because I want to talk about it, is just uh, when Carol is asking Therese if she'd like to come on the road trip and they're just standing outside. Therese is sitting, I think, and she just looks at her and she's like, yes, I would like to come, and then it starts to snow. And they just both look so happy mm-hmm. and it's just so nice. Like They just seem to forget the pressures that are coming at them from other areas of the world and they're, you know, they're in their own little space and I just think that's such a nice scene so romantic one of the scenes that's in the film that's stunning and stunningly acted by Kate Blanchett that is also not in the book is the scene in the courtroom or the um, the conference room where she she sees like I'm gonna give you Rindy because that's what's best for my daughter and I don't think she should be a part of this battle and like we're not ugly people so I want to be a part of her life it can be supervised but I want to be a part of her life and it's it's such a beautiful speech mm. and it's so well portrayed and I think it you get a real sense of the trauma of going through a divorce and having a relationship with someone who even if you don't love you you, you maybe care about or feel affectionate toward and then having that torn apart in divorce um, and it's really it's it's a stunning scene yeah that's it's incredible on, that's the only um, scene that I got teary eyed on yeah I was just like, it was hard to <laughs> <laughs> um, but it is I agree it's a beautiful scene um, they did a lot with colour in the film uh, so Carol wears red at the beginning and um, Therese wears green and that's like Carol's like she's like I'm a, I'm a big lesbian um, <laughs> <laughs> yes red is the colour of big lesbians yeah. is it behind us this some there yeah. Um, and uh, Therese is more grounded and she's like earthy and then brown represents like the patriarchy and the man and, and oppression and society because um, every time a man interrupts anything that's happening between Therese and Carol they're always wearing brown yeah and they like, just shout across yeah. and I love the scene where Hodge comes to Abby's house Hodge Hodge uh. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm gonna oh, call yeah. him Hodge from now on <laughs> Hodge what kind of name is Hodge what kind of name is Hodge <laughs> You got me there. Uh, but he comes to Abby's house and he's like, where is she? And Abby's like, she's not here. And he's like, well, I don't believe you. And she's like, well, I'm not lying. And then he's like, but I love her. And she's like, I can't, I can't help with that. Oh, oh so good. Snaps for Abby. Can I'm we, like, yeah, bitch, you tell him. This is not directly related, but I think everyone should go home and watch it, is that Kate McKinnon, who is a queen, uh, did a did like a uh, a parody of the scene where they where she may she makes a bizarre dinner order, but also it's the scene where they first go out for lunch um, after after uh, Carol has left her gloves yes. and Therese has got in touch and they go out for lunch. Carol's like, I want to thank you for the gloves, but actually she's like, I want to flirt with you. Um, <laughs> and but Kate McKinnon. Mm, does a perfect parody of that scene and it is stunning. Good. You have to go and watch it. Yeah. It's down. the best thing. I did that. I, I found it as part of my research. Good. But, but not reading the book. But Just I, doing I, all this yeah, other yeah. research. <laughs> <laughs> That's no, you thank you. We love yeah. it. Um, you asked, rating the film as in and of itself. Mm, like a seven and a half. 
Yeah. Portrait of a Lady on Fire is better. I agree. Okay. I've not seen it, so I It's fine. It's fresh. Oh, it's so good. I famously just love everything, though. Everything. everything. I'm like, it's my favorite thing ever. Out of like, spell? Have I, you seen it? No, I don't <laughs> it. But, like, every time I read a new book, I'm like, hey, have you heard about this book? It's my favorite yeah, thing ever. And then I read I the next on one, I'm like, this one! This one's my favorite thing ever! Yeah. Like, have you read over this? Over and over again. Um, so, of course I give everything a 9 out of 10. It's <laughs> so high. What would you give it, darling? Uh, yeah, I would give it a 7, probably. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> How would I, you rate it? Yeah! Who's seen it? Has Who's this been it? the most boring thing in the world? <laughs> <laughs> Who's they knew what it was about! Who, who's seen what? Carol the film? I could, yeah. What would you rate it? Yeah. Eight? Eight? Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. I wasn't in the right mood. I found it. I found it quite dull. And to be honest, like my favorite relationship was Amy and Carol, and I just wanted more. Of yeah, that. I wanted more that of that. That was so good. Yeah. yeah. And so did. Yeah. The lesbians on YouTube wanted that also. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, anyone else? Yes. I'd say it was an eight. Okay. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Good. Good. Yeah. I guess I, I, I am comparing it to Portrait of a Lady on Fire, though, and I just think that's... I just, I don't know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, it, it is really good. Um, I, I, I agree that this film is absolutely stunning. I don't mind any of the windows. There's a particular shot when um, Danny kisses Therese, and it's framed, so it's like they're looking through the windows of, you know how like in... Windows! <laughs> You know how, like, in, um, in newsrooms, there's a bunch of, like, windows separating rooms? Yeah, offices behind windows rather than behind doors, so you can always check on your colleagues yeah. to see if they're still working. Um, and it's like a six, it's like a six, you know, it's like a window pane, and it's got, like, six like squares, pain. and they're in the bottom square, and then all the rest are, like, just empty office space, and it's really stunning. It's mm -hmm. a really stunning shot, and um, also the scene where Carol sees Therese on the... Sidewalk and she's in the taxi. Is oh, through the taxi window. Would you believe? <laughs> so okay. And the tunnel scene is really great as well. I thought that was really well done. And yeah. the, the tunnel wasn't long enough to portray the length of the tunnel as described in the book, so they just kept doing laps. <laughs> just that wasn't make enough it tunnel longer. for me. That's how I drive through the Littleton Tunnel. <laughs> There's plenty of tunnels. Just go around the roundabout and come back, back again. Yeah. yeah, we're coming towards the end. So yeah, I know. Um, but we have a section that we always do, which is revamp, remake, retire. And Brie always explains it because I always get revamp and remake mixed up. So can you remind me? All right. Um, so it's remake, revamp, retire. Oh, okay. <laughs> See? Reinforcing the point. We've been doing it for a year, honey. You never listen to me. I'm just kidding. I love you. Um, okay, so <laughs> remake uh, is they fucked it up. Go back to the beginning, start over, do a whole new film. You need to like back to the drawing board. Revamp is like a standard remake, so you know, like, what's a remake we all like? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a hard Okay, it's just like a standard remake. It's like new actors, new CGI, um, and you know, millions of broken hearted yeah. souls. Um, and uh, retire is like, it never should have been made into a film because it's not the right kind of book to be adapted into a film or they did it well enough, so well they don't need to try it again, pick a new story, or the story's no longer relevant and it's not worth readapting. Yeah. So those are the three ones, and we're going to say it on the count of three. But we could all shout it out together. Yeah. Yeah. So, so on, on the count Re of three. Remake. Revamp. Retire. retire. Okay. Okay, wait, 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 think. What do I think? If you've seen the film, how you feel about it. We'll just make it up. Yeah, we'll do three, two, one. Okay, and cool. Then we'll and then we'll yell. Yeah, you ready? Yes. Okay. Three, Three, two, two one, one, retire! retire. Oh, you guys didn't do it! Do you want to... Any strong opinions? <laughs> Clearly, we're going to retire. It's we're a perfect yeah, film. It's a nine out of ten. It's lovely. It's dreamy. Oh, we can make new stories about lesbians now. Yeah. We don't have to keep revisiting the 50s. I want my let's, sex scene. Let's get, let's get that weird shit going on. You yeah. know? Like, let's, let's get that weird shit. You're talking about like... No, okay. but like let's let's make stuff that's new and exciting now. And yeah. like it was cool that it's been remade. And I love and I'm very interested in uh, in historical like historical depictions of queer people because there's not enough of that. But also, yes. we just need to be making more. Yes, of everything. in general. In general. Yeah, I agree. Is I agree. Yes. <laughs> hooray, hooray, hooray. Wonderful. Yeah, I, I said retire for very similar reasons. I just think that we can, like, it's great that it's been made, but we can make more progressive stuff 
now, especially for the future. Like, where are we going? What, you know, we can push yeah. more boundaries now. Mm-hmm. And it's good. And it's great that hopefully soon conversion therapy will be banned in New Zealand as it already should be. But that's political. Yeah, anyway. and it should be banned in New Zealand. It should be banned everywhere. Yes. Uh, I would argue. Yeah. You should retire as well? Yes. Great. I, I mean, it, it's a very competent um, adaptation. <laughs> very confident Stephen <laughs> I forgot um, the beginning to even say our names I'm Maddie if you didn't know that's so funny you bring up your names now I love them <laughs> and you I'm, are I'm Brianna yeah. or Brian with an A yeah Brian with an A and we're spouses uh, and you of course and I have nothing to do with you man <laughs> <laughs> you're invited I just <laughs> I just really, Ooh. I just enjoy your haircut, so I've copied Thank you, it, like, so, so you copied it. Yeah. Um, that's all right, it's a pretty, ge- it's a pretty generic it's haircut, a great to haircut. be fair. Um, if anyone has any suggestions of barber. Uh, <laughs> no, I quite like mine. Anyway, yeah, um, but, yeah. now I feel mean. No, um, I hope wonderful. she doesn't listen to this. Uh, anyway. Yes. We'd love to open it up for questions. You can ask questions. Is that a thing? Oh, we're doing that. About we can do that. us. Or, or the podcast. Or, or Carol. Carol, yeah. Or, or his personal life. No, I can't. Or Ray's personal life. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, that's not up for discussion. No, I know, um, I know. Thank you so much for coming. me on yeah. social media. Has it been all right? Yeah, I've had fun. Just to put you on Have you spot. had fun? Yes, yeah. very oh, cool. much. This yeah, no, I think that worked. Yeah, live show. I think it's been, it's been interesting. Have you had fun? Yeah. Yeah, oh, so good. Come on. I'm so glad. Did you have any questions about anything at all? Yes, please. I've not read the book. <laughs> so glad you're here. Well, I'll come to this. Yes, yes. Oh, oh. Okay, so up ooh. until such a good question. I like ooh. Okay. Up until we started this podcast, I was a firm believer in watching the movie and then reading the book because then you can what? appreciate them both. <laughs> but if you fall in love with the book and they and you watch it destroyed, like Yeah. I can't t- probably Ellen Ella Enchanted of the series of unfortunate events the first times that I read a book and then watched the movie and I was like Oh my god! What have they done? Yeah, sure. And I take it very personally. So if you're the kind of person, <laughs> if you get that kind of invested, watch the film first. You know um, that moment in the in the Hunger Games where Katniss is like, "I kill Snow." Um, that's how I feel about people who destroy books mm. when they're adapting. Would them. you? Would either of you even say that you don't need to watch or read either, or would you say both are necessary? Because they they, I. I think, so the things that I found most interesting, like I, I, I think the book is a great read, what I've read of it. Um, I read like most of it. Um, I, I'm, I'm always a firm believer in reading the book before you watch the film for anything, but that's because I'm a librarian. However, what, oh, nice. Then, okay, yeah, then read the book. Um, but there, there's like this, this copy of the book has like a fascinating afterward because it's like the publish it's it's the version that got published in the like late eighties under her name, and mm-hmm. she's written an afterward in it about the impact that that book had when she first published it and what the experience was like when she published it under a different name, um, and that's worth reading. Like mm-hmm. that's fascinating, and it's also got a forward by um, oh, I can't, Val McDermott, who's the right the um, mystery thriller writer, mm. who's also a lesbian, um, and she's written a forward about the importance of the book. And both of those are like really interesting, fascinating things to read in partnership with the film. So like. Even if you don't read the whole book, definitely read those bits because I think that they have a lot of value to add to the experience of watching the film. Mm. Yeah, I would definitely say if you like reading, and there is a good audiobook of this as well. But if you like reading, and you, it, it is a slow-moving book like the film. Mm. It's it, the vibe is very similar. Yeah. but the prose is magic. Absolutely, saying there's actually a really Stuff. great passage about coming out. <clears throat> it's mm. like fucking poetry. It's so good. So good at the end. I'm gonna just. I'm just Do you want to read it? I'm gonna yeah. read it. And, and as <clears throat> I said already, I, the last quarter of the book was so solid, uh, but yeah, I, I I've got yeah. it. I'm gonna. I'm just. It's really. It's really quick. Go for huh? it. Um, <laughs> you know, you look very fine. Carol said, "You've come out all of a sudden. Is that what comes of getting away from me?" No, Therese said quickly. She frowned down at the tea she didn't want. Carol's phrase come out had made her think of being born and it embarrassed her. 
Yes, she had been born since she left Carol. She had been born the instant she saw the picture in the library, and her stifled cry then was like the first yell of an infant being dragged into the world against its will. She looked at Carol. There was a picture in the library at Sioux Falls, she said. Then she told Carol about it, simply and without emotion, like a story that had happened to somebody else. Ugh. It's just like it's, veering. Ugh, it's, it's like really juicy stunning. writing, right? Like if you're into, if it, but if you read books for the plot, then don't read this book. They basically, they <laughs> basically, concur. they basically like meet and go on a road trip, and then they move in together. That's yeah. it. That's so you the should whole have done plot. the sum- So like, sorry, don't no, don't yeah. don't read it for the plot. But if you read books for like lyri- like lyrical writing, then yes. absolutely yeah. read the book. Yes. Yeah. But also, Disobedience is a beautiful book. If we're talking about prose like, yeah, and the so quality of the- our other LGBTQA novels this season, um, because this season is all about female-led characters in film and books, um, and fifty percent have had. To, we agreed that fifty percent would be women of color, so non-white women or non-straight women. So fifty percent of our series is that um and i had to do a lot of research to find it which i know is a little bit shameful but like i i did find some we found some really great books this thing um but there we did this one disobedience by naomi alderman and um the miseducation of cameron post it was my life like if yeah. you ever want to know um, what my life was like growing up that was it <laughs> it's really hilarious cool. any other questions no? Good. Great. Shall we end? Yeah. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Cool. Thank uh, you. This has been Chapter 1, Take 2 with the amazing Ray Shipley. We hope you had a wonderful time. Thank you so much for coming out and being part of our first live audience. It's been so amazing. And Thank you, you so all much. get you all get a bookmark. Yeah! Yeah, bookmark! <laughs> Thank you so much. We're going to all quickly walk away. Oh, no. <laughs>